I love subscription services. I love getting a box in the mail with things inside of it that I would have chosen. And if it involves my family and travel, count me in. So I partnered with The Global Sleepover. My friend Gita Raj was on a previous episode where I feature her and her incredible story. You'll have to check it out. And she started The Global Sleepover. Together, we are curating a subscription service called Landmarks of Hope, where you will get a box filled with incredible things for your family to travel around the world together without leaving home. Perfect for a pandemic. And what are these landmarks of hope? Well, they're pilgrimage sites. So if you're Catholic or Christian, you're gonna really love it. But what if you aren't? That's okay. We have that covered as well. So go to globalsleepover.com slash landmarks of hope and sign up to get more information. These boxes will be ready by Christmas. One of my most fond memories when I was little was from 1984, which I know is shocking that I was alive then, but I was. And that year is when there was the Olympics in the United States. It was in Los Angeles. I was really excited because at the time I wanted to go to Pepperdine, which I'm not really sure how I knew about Pepperdine University as a kid. Maybe my parents told me about it because we were going to the Olympics. It was crazy because we had a van at the time, like a normal, full-blown van, which I know I've talked about. It had carpet and it had, you know, like drapes. <laughs> it was like ridiculous. There was a table that we could move in and out in the middle of the van. And my father actually bought a porta potty. It was awful. I'm the only girl. I have three brothers. At the time, only two had been born. So I'm in the back trying to use the porta potty with a blanket. It was hideous. Well, all that to say, my father just decided on a whim to go to the 1984 Summer Olympics. Actually, I think it was when all the Olympics had, like happened at the same time. I don't know. What do I know? I don't know. I was a kid. So (laughs) we hop in this van with our carpet and we drive from northern Louisiana all the way to L.A. Ridiculous. So hot with a bunch of little kids. I'm the oldest, which I think I'm only like seven. I was born in 77. Someone do the math. Um, And then the other ones were really little, you know, like my brothers are significantly younger than I am. All right, listen, you guys, we get to Los Angeles and my father, because he is made of magical unicorn dust, gets us incredible tickets to the women's basketball like game. No, 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 not game championship, which we didn't know at the time. I don't think we knew that at the time. I really don't. But anyway, we were playing China. I remember this. So women's basketball, the women are playing China. They, you know, women, Chinese, the Chinese women team. Um, and we won. And we won a gold medal. Like the team. We won. We beat the Chinese in the final game, 1984 Olympics. So not only did I get to see a game, but I got to see an Olympic ceremony. So stinking cool. And at the time, they were doing like this cute little 
Oh my god, like a mascot? It was like Sam the Eagle, you remember from the Muppets? It was like that guy, but he was like Sam the Olympic Eagle. I don't know. I think cuz we're I don't know, it was in America. So, for whatever reason, we're done and we decide to start making our way. Now, if you don't know anything about California and Louisiana, let me go ahead and ruin it. Those two states look nothing alike. Just because you can drive in Louisiana does not mean you can drive in California. So we're driving in California. It's made up of a lot of mountains, mountains and like coast. Like you could like, you could like drive off into the ocean. Well, we didn't do that, but it was close. Well, all right, listen, we're driving up this mountain. And my father says, (laughs) We're about to run out of gas. And my mother says, we're on a mountain. Not only that, it is now like 1030 at night. Okay, so I want everybody to understand what that means. Back in the day, that was like pitch black. Okay, so dark. My father finds a gas station, like a random one. And because this is 1984, no one had like pumps that would stay open all night or anything like that. My father actually owned a gas station at the time in Louisiana. So he knew. He knew. And we pull over at this gas station and my father turns off the car, leans back his chair and closes his eyes. And my mother says, what are you doing? And he's like, well, I mean, I'm going to sleep. What are you doing? And she says, um, I'm going to pray the rosary for your soul. And the woman actually pulled out a rosary to this day. I have no idea where that rosary came from. And she starts praying very loudly. And then there was a lot of loudness that happened, you know. And as my parents like to say, they were discussing things. They were having a conversation, you guys. They were just talking. My mother was furious. (laughs) We spent the night on the side of a mountain in California in 1984. Three little kids in a van down by the ocean. And my mother was... Very upset. You know why? She was scared. Well, we I mean, I was scared, but I passed out. I was a little kid. I would come to every now and then and wake up and they would still be, you know, conversing. But anyway, at about six in the morning, someone came to the gas station by the grace of God, opened it up. We got gas and we went on our way. But let me tell you, that was the night I spent the night in a car. What is fantastic is I actually have a guest who lives out of her car. Now, people think that she lives in her car. That's not quite true. Has she spent the night in it? You know what? I don't really know. But she does live in her car. She is known as the hobo for Christ. A lot of you know Meg. (laughs) She is so fantastic. Her stories, her life is fascinating. She's a young lady who has spent many years living out of her car because she can. And why? Because Meg Hunter Kilmer is someone that is extraordinary, yet about as ordinary as they come. I cannot wait for you to meet her. Please welcome Meg. I am really thrilled because here's the deal. I have tried to meet you in real life Many, many times. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like a cat with nine lives. I feel like I have a punch card. You know, like, I don't know if you know this, but uh, 
some of us on the planet do dry cleaning because we have closets and we have, I, <laughs> we have these, have you ever had dry cleaning book? <laughs> um, I did. I got a dress dry cleaned two years ago. Wow. And it was very expensive. It, it is. $12 for a Jersey dress. And I was like, never mind. I'll just ruin my clothes in the washing machine. That's whatever. Yeah. Yeah. You could buy a dress for twelve dollars. So yeah, yes, one time in my entire life is what we just revealed. One time, I have gotten something dry cleaned. Look at the stories that are unfolding already. This is this is the it's real amazing. Meg. So no, exactly. Well, th for the rest of us, we dry clean more than once, which is sad. And you get a little punch card, mm -hmm. and so I feel like I'm I'm down to the wire because I don't think this counts us looking at each other through a screen. No, but I'm gonna take it. And I'm just thrilled. And here's the thing for people who don't know, who are like, wow, Liv is really snobby and snooty calling Meg out, not having <laughs> dry clean clothes. I'm going to come out being all bougie and like ridiculous, but why would you not have dry clean clothes, Meg, for those in the world who don't know who you are? <laughs> I am a missionary and I live out of my car. Mm. Um, so I do, I mean, I have some dry clean on my clothes. I just ignore that part of the tag, right? Like there's, ain't nobody got time for that. I don't even like know Like a Sharpie. <laughs> just, yeah, you so know, make I, it not exist. Exactly. It's not real. I used to be, um, a religion teacher. I have two degrees in theology from Notre Dame. I taught middle school and high school religion for three years in Georgia and then two years in Kansas. I got for eight years. I've been living out of my car. Drive around the country, flying around the world, no permanent address. Literally everything I own is parked in my sister's driveway right now. Uh, I've been to 50 states and 25 countries and driven like 240,000 miles, maybe. Wow. So, so I'm tired is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you should you should have an endorsement program with like Goodyear or like I feel like we should call Exxon. Like, isn't right. there someone we could connect right. you with? Audible. Like, I listen to yes. a lot of audiobooks. I should be doing that for free and just occasionally being like, you guys should pay for Audible. I don't. Like, okay, I'm no, on no. it. Nobody wants I'm to sponsor it. me. All right, it's a plan. <laughs> it's a plan. So, where does your sister live? Where are you? I mean, can I just make up places and see if it if I'm right? Like, is it Tibet? Is it yes, is it actually, Zimbabwe, I grew up in Tibet. Um, <laughs> so, it, she's in uh, the mountains of Virginia, or like oh, right, nice. right in the foot, foothills. So, yeah, so it's lovely here. It's really, oh, really nice. beautiful. It's a little bit hot, um, but like you know, like 90, 95 and humid, but there's shade. So, you know, like <laughs> God made trees. And she has a million children, which is oh, good. Like the most fun thing ever. A little bit hot when they're all piled on top of you, but you know what? Like it's worth it because I was just like quarantined solo for two and a half months. And so now I'm getting all of the possible snuggles and it is delightful. That is okay. So for anyone who's listening, currently Meg and I are still in a pandemic because yep. I'm going to pretend that this podcast is so amazing that people in 2030 are listening to him. They're like, oh, I remember the pandemic. I thought you were just going to say, I'm going to pretend that the pandemic will eventually end because there are times yeah. when I feel like this is just the rest of our lives. Like Ever. Our hide from coronavirus until... I don't know, the asteroid comes or whatever. But right. I'm going to be Jennifer Lawrence and take like, you know, like, 
like arrow shooting. You, I don't know if you know what that is. There, Hunger Games. I'm gonna I, like I pretend. Know Hunger Games. <laughs> Please, I know Hunger Games. I sobbed in the movie theater. I read all those books. Forgot to sleep for whole weekends. Like, I love me some trashy young adult literature. Yes, like, love. love. Yes, it, it, it's something about the innocence of it. You know, if it's not gross, if it's right. like right. sweet. It's like the television shows like Gilmore Girls and, you know, One, One Tree Hill and, and, and 90210, these shows that like also growing up, although you're like nine, but. God, I am 36 years old, please. Oh, 36. That's I, adorable. I just want to pinch your cheeks. Oh, That's so oh, cute. I am wearing my hair in pigtails right now, but I just have had my hair in a messy bun for like probably since February. Um, and today I thought I would do something different. And the, I figured the kids would look and be like, it's it to me, love your hair. And not one of them mentioned it. And I was like, okay, well, there you go. <laughs> You're like, fine, messy bun tomorrow. <laughs> Rest up for you guys in my very dirty sweatpants and old t-shirt. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, that's because we're in a pandemic. So everyone listening in 2030, the pandemic's still happening. I'm still quarantined. So that's yeah. a really great question because you don't own a home per right. se in the fact of four walls and cement. You have a car, but you do sleep at people's homes or other places, which, you know, you got to be careful how you tell people, Meg, what it is that you do, because it can get a little sketchy if someone well, starts describing it. Oh yeah. I love when people, I had a friend go to the Bishop one time. She was like, I have this homeless friend. I think we should bring her to our diocese. And he was like, no, <laughs> what? No. She sleeps around in a right. lot of different houses. Right, exactly. She's a chastity speaker. And everyone's uh -huh, like, uh -huh. this is weird. I, I love though when moms are like, oh my gosh, you sleep in your car. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I sleep in strangers houses. And they're like, well, that's better. And I'm like, it, is it? Like, I don't, I don't know who it is, um, but whatever gets you to stop trying to fix my life for me <laughs> is great. All the Karens out there that want to just really Karen kind, helpful, loving people who That's, you're right. You're you're a good person, Meg. You're <laughs> I um I have a lot of self-talk to help me stop hating people because oh, I'm very automatically inclined to hate. Um, and so I have a lot of ways to coach myself through the fact that I am not the center of the universe and my behavior is not the baseline for human behavior and other people have brokenness and struggles that I'm not aware of. And that's how I keep from murdering anybody. <laughs> so you're basically Anakin Skywalker. Like you turn into Darth Vader or the Hulk. You're like the Hulk. The Hulk and, I know uh, of. Yeah. The Hulk you know. Okay, we'll go with the yeah. Hulk. So yeah. I, I love that. So where, where were you for these two and a half months of when the world decided we're done? The world yeah. was like, I need down. a nap. I am done. I'm right. taking a nap. That's it. Everyone go to right. your room. You're all we in trouble. Everyone go to your room. <laughs> go to your room. Go to your room. Or somebody out. else's room that you found randomly. Yeah. So whose room were you in, Meg? With you know, <laughs> I was all by myself. It was all quite appropriate. Thank you. Um, I had actually discerned this past fall um, that I shouldn't put anything on my schedule for the spring. Wow. I normally, you know, I was like scheduling stuff and I was like, you know what? I'm going to take time. I'm going to write. I'm going to take a couple months off. And so I actually had planned to be off for um, like February through May. And then. What? So, what are you, a wizard? Is this like, are you like the sequel to yes. Harry Potter? What is going um, on? 
really am. Here's the thing. Like my whole life is about discernment, right? It's like figuring out where is the Lord asking me to go next? Because it's not like normal people. You can assume that when you get up in the morning, you're going to like stay in the place where you are and then go to sleep in that bed that night. And that's not my life. Right. So I spent a lot of time just like trying to let the Lord be the one to lead me um, and giving him a lot of time in silent prayer every day. And then I just live my life and I make my choices. And when something when all of a sudden I'm just like, oh, I should definitely find an empty house to stay in and not go anywhere for several months. It's like random enough that I listen to that. And then there's a pandemic and the whole world shuts down. And I'm really glad that I don't have to cancel 77 events. No kidding. And I love that you basically invented, as far as what I heard you just say, you invented Airbnb. I would yeah. like to give you credit for that because. Absolutely. Um, excuse Although... me, but I invented free Airbnb. I don't pay. Oh, I love when people are like, Ooh, I have a really great recommendation for a cheap. And I'm like, no, 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 zero, zero. (laughs) Let me get that number lower for you. Right. And they're like, no, it's only like $5 a night. And I'm like, right. So I pay zero. That's what I pay. My friend was trying to get me to camp recently. She's like, it's cheap. And I was like, until you have to buy a tent and then sleep outside. Ew. Like, ew. No. Ew is right. I married an Eagle Scout. Ew. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's disgusting who sleeps outside that's ridiculous not even people who live in their cars so how do you find these vacant homes meg like is there a list is there is there a black market that the rest of us don't know about for free shelter please enlighten I mean, us probably but that i i'm not that's not how you do it kidney and i'm not on the dark <laughs> web um but i i just ask the internet i say hello internet I need a free place to stay. And then a bunch of people say, you can stay here. And I say, no, your option is not good enough. Thank you. And I turn all of the generous people down who are giving me free homes because I don't like the mass times. Um, <laughs> are you, wait a second. We got to pause. Is that true? Is that a, is that, do you have a list? Are you a list kind of a gal, a type right, A? Enormous, enormous. Yeah, I, could, yeah, I, could I have, it. I think four Excel spreadsheets open on my computer right now. I love this because I am not that girl so so I go to mass every day right okay and so like I schedule my whole life around going to mass every day and I'm really a night person and I can like function on a normal human schedule but I cannot be creative on a normal human schedule so if I'm taking time to write I have to be able to write at night that's the only way that I can be creative and productive which means that if mass is at eight o'clock in the morning like I'm going to go to mass and then I'm just not going to get anything done ever. So people will be like, oh, you can come stay here. And I'm like, oh, actually, sorry, mass is at 9 a.m. That's not going to work for me. So what um, works for you? What is your preferred mass? The Vatican says, Meg, you tell us. Oh, oh, yes. So I, I like evening mass. So I, my healthiest schedule is to stay up until about 7 a.m. And to sleep until about 4 p.m. And then, like, get up and have some coffee and <laughs> go uh, and make my whole hour and go to, like, a 6 p.m. mass. And then, you know, start my day. Start my you, day with evening mass. You should have been a rock star because... I am a rock star, Liz. You are. You need a bus with your face painted on the side. That's what I you need, need, Meg. so many things with my face painted on the side. Why has <laughs> this not happened to me yet? I don't know. I'm still waiting for a fan to get my face tattooed, but apparently oh. none of these men are committed enough. <laughs> They're all liars, these men. Right. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so here's what I want to know. 
I have so many questions that I wanted that I like have swirling in my brain, but I really want to know something a little basic about you. I want to know when Meg, and I'm going to say it's so obnoxious, like how they do it in the movies when they're like, what does Meg want? Who is Meg? I'm kidding. I'm not going to do that. Do it. Oh God. So Third gross. person all day long. Pretend I'm a queen. <laughs> I can't even pretend, but in all sincerity, when you were a little kid, because I know you said around 15, because um, yes, I totally stalked you. Do it. Or, uh, you know, well, it's out there. So you wrote, you know, when you were like in your teens is when you were really attracted to this lifestyle of speaking or, or, or teaching or, you know, you knew, oh, I could talk about Jesus all day. This sounds great. I want to talk about four-year-old Meg, six-year-old Meg. Like, what did you want to be then? What were your options? I wanted to be the center of attention. As a That's job. what I wanted. Yeah, uh, yes, <laughs> yes. I wanted to be either an actress, yes. a trial lawyer, or a teacher, because those are people who get paid to make people pay attention to them. Okay, that's fascinating. Also, that is a really healthy list. <laughs> so, okay, so are you an extrovert or are you an introvert that's just outgoing? So I always think of myself as a huge extrovert. I definitely get energy from being around people. But then I had two and a half months absolutely by myself during quarantine, and it was delightful, and I did not want to leave. So Okay, you're an introvert. I'm going to go with that one. Okay. I'm okay. naming it. I'm very scientific, and I have many degrees in this area. I have nothing. Yeah. I, I know that. nothing. <laughs> but I just, I know as an extrovert, I would have, like, like eaten glass. So I'm just assuming. I had to Zoom everybody in America. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Everyone's so over Zoom. I know. And this is the thing, like, I feel like I get a lot of that social and emotional stimulation from television. Yeah, um, that's fair. Netflix and so I is think, your friend. I think if you, if you put me somewhere with, like, only non-narrative based books and no people and no television, I think I would get exhausted really fast. But I okay. think be, when you spend eight years being on a hundred percent of the time performing 24 hours a day, seven days a week with strangers, and then you get a couple of months where you're like only performing two hours a day with random people on the internet. Like, I don't know. We'll see. That's a very good point. So, okay. I, I want to know this. This is what I really want to know. People are fascinated with your lifestyle. And my mother has always said, it's not hard to be extraordinary. All you have to do is hit people's expectations and you're automatically extraordinary. Anything above that blows people's minds. So like I basically walk into a room with a cape, okay? Because people are like, wait, what? And it's not because there's anything special. It's just, you don't have to do a lot. So you walk in, I'm thinking like at the top of a Mardi Gras parade or like with, on, on an elephant with trombones because, oh my gosh, you live in your car and you are a girl and you go around the world. Like it must, people can't seem to move past what it is that you do. Like, do you feel like you get lost in people wanting to know more, more about what you do rather than who you are? Yeah. So, I mean, I think there is some of that where people are impressed and then some of that where people are just like really disdainful and think that I'm irresponsible or that I'm like trying to get everybody's attention by living this way or that it's like some crazy liberal thing or some crazy conservative thing or like there's a lot of people who just don't like people being atypical. It makes them uncomfortable. Uh-huh. Yeah. And angry <laughs> sometimes. And angry. 
which is fun. Some people are just angry at me for being single, which I'm like, okay, well, I, I'm a little angry at that too, actually. <laughs> not my choice. Um, you're not just I, batting away the men. You are just apologize no. for not having children. I don't know what you want me to do. No men folk. Yeah. No. Um, but there definitely is. And this I think is, is one of the hardest things about my life is, um, being asked the same questions a thousand times. And when people, like if someone comes to me and they're like, I feel like the Lord is asking me to do something radical. Like, can you tell me about your call? I'm like, absolutely. If this is a conversation about Jesus and discernment, and if you're trying to encounter the Lord and you want to know where he's leading you, like over my train wreck of a life all day long, if it will lead you closer to Jesus, like that is fine. It's when people like, it, when I'm just a curiosity, I'm like a freak show. Um, and it wouldn't be so hard if it weren't the same questions all the time. Um, and I just have to remind myself, like they are, they, they're asking about me, but they're asking about Jesus. Like, that's what this question is. Like, can I know God's will? Can I trust that God is going to take care of me? That's what they're really asking. Like answer that question. But it's just, it's so easy to get caught up in people who are like, it, it feels a little bit more like I'm a Wikipedia rabbit hole sometimes. Yeah. Oh, I think that's a really good visual. Yeah. Wikipedia rabbit hole. Yeah. And they just want to like keep pushing. And sometimes it's like it, people can get kind of aggressive about it. And I'm like, I'm really open about most things. And I like kind of hate that about myself. Like if you follow me on social media, you know, a lot of my feelings about a lot of things. And I hate that I post that stuff. Like I hate it, but the Lord just keeps telling me to. And I'm like, are we really going to do another oh poor me post because you know people are awful and he's like yes and someone needs to hear it i'm like here we go this is why we want to be friends in real life this is that is the that reason alone right put out all the emotions i love and it and like i'll i'll be open about a lot of things but like some people they just they want to push and it's not because they want to encounter you it's because they just they're like fascinated by the idea of you and they want to dissect you and you're like, Oh, okay. Hang on. And so I, I'm really good at deflecting people are like, so like, tell me what it is that you do. And I'm like, okay, hang on just real quick. First, where did you grow up? <laughs> and they're like, ah, I grew up in a small town. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, tell me about that town. And like, because I, I love knowing people and it's, I mean, part of it, I don't know. It's just laziness. Some of it, I'm sure. Um, but some of it really is, and this is what I think the reason that I hate when people get my name wrong, people get my name wrong all the time. My name is not Megan. It's Margaret. And I, oh. I share this regularly yeah. on social media. And I, like, I'll have times where I'm, you know, I'll be going on a TV show or whatever. And they're, they're like, okay, Megan. I'm like, yeah, just real quick. So it's not Megan. I'm like, oh no, I didn't. And I'm like, I know you didn't, but you might have. <laughs> and I just need to get out ahead of that. Um, and my last name is hyphenated and people can't handle that. And so I get a lot of people who get that wrong too. And I think the reason that it bothers me so much is that using somebody's name is sort of a presumption of intimacy, right? Like there's something Ooh, very intimate about It's a presumption of intimacy. Oh, I like that. Yeah. And using their name wrong is a way of, of presuming to know somebody while blatantly pointing out that you don't. And, I, and that's so much of what my life is, is people who think that they know me because they know enough of my story, um, but clearly don't and aren't interested in having their perception changed. It's almost like they want you to come and validate all the assumptions they have created about your little stories on the internet. And they're like, oh, I know her. 
I know who she is. I know what she feels, what she eats, what she does. I know that she is ridiculous and like totally other from me, which means her life doesn't have to challenge me. It can just Ooh. be something that I can stare at and say, wow, that's ridiculous. And then I don't have to feel that that is asking anything more of me in my life. And I'm over here like, no, like know me. And you'll know that like, this isn't my choice. I wasn't like, I'm not a bohemian person. I like, I'm a homebody. I love roots. I love plans. I love schedules. Like this is not, you know, like God's going to call you outside of your comfort zone sometimes. And that's okay. But you got to be listening and you can't be listening if you're caricaturing people instead of knowing them. Oh, and okay. If you're caricaturing people instead of knowing them. So this is giving a really basic question because I want to get to a, a better question. But my basic question, right? The white bread, chicken breast, boring question. That's what I call things like that. I'm like, oh, okay. I love. <laughs> it's like a jean jumper. Like, oh, that's um, a very unpleasant meal. Yeah, white bread, chicken terrible. breast. Let's go. Oh, it's just terrible. So what, what is the question that you get asked or that, I mean, you have a physical cringy reaction. Like, I do. Don't, I do. do I it. almost gag. Don't do it. I'm going to be sick. You pop an Altoid. Like mm -hmm. what, what is the you question, say, Meg? So what made you decide to do this? No. And I'm like, like, I have to remind myself, they're asking about discernment. They're asking about living radically. They're asking, is it possible to trust that God provides for you? But like, but they're not a lot of times. And I can, I can tell when people are, I can't always tell when they aren't. And so I try and remind myself that like some people come off shallow when they're actually asking in earnest. Um, no, that's interesting. And that's really kind of you to recognize that. It's the only way that I that's am not going kind. to hell. Like I just have to work really hard at making up excuses for people in my head or I hate everybody. Like it's just, it's just who I am. God love me. Um, he made me very passionate and that's really beautiful in so many ways. And I have discovered that my anger can really work for the glory of God as well. When all of the scandals hit in 2018, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm angry and that's the right thing. Like I'm supposed Ooh. to be angry right now. Like this, it's the first time in my life that I'm not trying to suppress or channel my anger. I'm just trying to direct it where it needs to be headed. And it was, it was so beautiful. Cause I was like, this part of me is not just screwed up. Right. It's just, it's disordered because I'm directing it at things that don't deserve my rage. But when something is horrific and the world needs to hear somebody enraged like I can do that and the church needed to hear somebody as catholic as I am be angry like that that was a gift my anger in those circumstances was a gift to people who were hurting in the church that they could see it was possible to be angry and still to love the church and still to love Jesus and still to trust and to stay you know um, yeah so did that feel like a peak moment for you like did you feel like so like, like Queen Esther, like you were like, okay, this is the <laughs> moment I was created for for a time. Like, yeah. You know, not that you peaked Meg, obviously <laughs> not. I'm you. not I, you're such um, a has-been. No, <laughs> I do think, I do think it was a moment where like there was an element of my personality that always just felt like it was wrong. Um, and I kept saying like, well, I'm passionate and the flip side of passion is anger. And so like passion is a good thing. Like 
being excited is a good thing. Like being able to direct your energy towards God is a good thing. And like anger is just sort of like the, the correlation to that, you know, and it's something that I have to work against because it's like a byproduct of this personality trait. And it really was the first time that I was like, Oh, like I need to make sure that it's under control that like I, that I'm holding the reins, but like, this can be a good thing. Like God didn't just like screw up. And he was like, well, she's like really intense in good ways. Also a disaster might go to hell. We'll see what happens. Like that's, that's not how he works, right? <laughs> We're going to toss like a this, coin. This element of me can be for his glory too. So what happened? How did you use, how were, how were you channeled during that time? I just did a lot of raging, like public raging and like videos, podcasts. like on stages. Uh, yeah. I gave talks. I Constant. gave podcasts. Okay. I wrote articles. I write for a publication that tries not to like excite flame wars in the comment box, which I really respect. Um, Ruffle feathers. I, yeah, yeah. They just, they don't want to be divisive, which I think is awesome because okay. every other yeah publication wants to be divisive because that's how you get clicks and that's not what their that's mo not their is goal. and yeah. i i think i wrote every post every piece that i wrote i have a weekly column every piece that i wrote for maybe three months was on the scandals and the theme of my year was the virgin mary but i just wrote about mary and the scandals every week <laughs> so it's a good band Mary, yeah. Mary, Mary and the Scandals. Oh, okay. So right. when you're done doing, you know, this little cute, adorable hobo thing, now there you have, now you can be a rock star. I Mary would be an amazing rock star. I'm just saying, now you have a name. Stage presence. We have done so much for you. You need to put all this in your Excel sheets. So. <laughs> exactly. Title it Plan Future B. plans. Plan B. <laughs> Mary and the Scandals. Love Mary it. and the Scandals. So, okay. So you're writing about the Scandals and... How did that change your relationship with your audience, with people who follow you, with people who think that they know you or knew you? Right. How did that, how did That's they engage with you during that? I think most people were just glad to hear somebody not sugarcoat it because so much of what we were getting from the bishops was like, this is regrettable, um, which is not like it's, it's a demonic plague from the pit of hell. Like so is that what you wanted to hear? Like uh, seriously, yes. what would you have wanted to hear? So that? I okay, I had a priest in Texas um, who cried in the pulpit. Oh, he stood up and he said, "I am so sorry," and he cried. Really, and that was what I needed. That was what okay. I needed. So that was a week and a half after everything broke. So the okay. first day. I heard nothing. The priest didn't mention it, which I was like, okay, he already wrote a homily. Fine. The second day I had a priest say, it's not that big of a deal. These things happen. These things happen? Mm-hmm. Meg, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. inside, did all of your insides turn not Catholic? <laughs> did you have to have like a pep talk to everybody in there and be like, guys. So one of the big decisions that I made in the wake of the scandals is I'm not going to talk trash about a priest unless I say it to his face first. And I don't, I don't confront people. I don't do conflict. I certainly do not confront authority, particularly spiritual authority. Like this is a, I, I like honestly would rather die than tell a priest that he was wrong, especially someone I don't have any relationship with. 
Um, but I was like, this is how this happens, right? Is that priests are doing something wrong and nobody says anything because he's a spiritual authority and you don't correct him. And we talk a lot of trash behind his back. And so we have a culture of people trash talking priests, but nobody correcting priests. And so we're losing our own souls and theirs as well, right? So I made a rule for myself that, and I, I think it was probably at that mass because I was thinking like, oh, I'm going to share about this on social media and everybody's going to be like, you're right, that was awful. And then I was like, no, like I'm going to say it to his face first. And I actually hit record on my phone before I started talking to him because I was like, if this is really bad, I need to have, I need to have receipts for the bishop. Um, and he was just dismissive. And he was like, well, you weren't here yesterday. Like I talked about it yesterday. And I was like, there are people who were in that church who have been abused. Like I guarantee you, there are people in that church who have been abused and you told them these things happen. Wow. And he, you know, he, he, what is he going to say to that? How is he going to respond to that Meg? I don't know. I, I have gotten, so I've had to confront priests, I think four times since then. I was going to ask. One actually went well, one okay. went well. He, argued back and I'm like shaking and trying not to cry because I don't like arguments anyway but Catherine of Siena is my girl for this and my guardian angel was taking care of it and I kept pushing back and eventually he was like you know what you're right I should that wasn't the right thing to say and I'll correct it in my homily tomorrow and that was awesome another time I had to write a bishop so <laughs> you win some you lose some right exactly wow okay so let me ask you this that's a pretty brave place that you embraced. And I really love that it was a time of discovery for you, which mm -hmm. I'm sure is a little weird, such a broken and sad time to learn something about yourself that you learn, Hey, I've got this passion. Mm -hmm. I've got this flirty relationship with rage and anger that I try to push over to love all the time, uh -huh. but I wink at it a lot, you know, like, and here I am just full force going into it. And so you learned a lot about yourself. So you had to make a decision at that time period when the scandals were hitting. And let's be honest, there's, we're in a racial battle, which PS, the race battle has been happening every day, whether or not people wanted to talk about it. Right. It's right. not new. Just right it's now, not... right, people are paying attention for a minute and right. feeling super defensive about it. Right. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden people are like, oh, and I, anyway, we're, we're, we're not going to talk right. about that right now. I mean, we could go into it later. Well, we can. But we can. Yeah. But um, it, it's not like this was, you know, new or different, but everybody has to make a choice when they learn something about their themselves you're learning, Hey, this passion actually, wait a second. When I am channeling it, it could actually be for good. Maybe he didn't just lump that on, you know, like in the, the side pocket. And he really meant to give me this piece about myself. I didn't understand until now. Mm -hmm. So my question, I'm getting to the point is what had a quiet down in your life within you in order to hear God saying now, I need you to do this now. Like specifically with the anger? It's specifically with the anger with this piece because it was it was something that changed within you. So what yeah. had to quiet down? What what had to go away for you to say yes to step into that space? Because you could have said no, Meg. You could right. have. Right. I mean, I think that I don't think I could have. Ooh. I don't I don't think I could have. Um because I am too aware of the brokenness of people in this church and 
and how betrayed they feel and the number of people who've left the church. Um, I couldn't hear all of this and not say something. I knew that what I needed to hear from, from priests and bishops was anger and heartbreak. And I had that. And so I could share that. And because, you know, I always say it's much easier for me to be, um, to be really compassionate in issues of like marriage and sexuality because I'm so obviously Catholic that I don't have to be afraid I'm watering down the church's position, right? And it was so easy for me to be angry and heartbroken over this because nobody who follows me for 15 seconds on social media or has had half a conversation with me thinks that I am anything other than obsessed with the Catholic church, right? right. So, right. so like fair. if I'm saying this is horrific, people aren't hearing the church is horrific. Because they right. know my heart for the church. Um, and I did, I had one woman, God love her, it was my first like negative interaction on Instagram. I really thought Instagram didn't allow that somehow. You know, that's for Twitter and Facebook. It's Instagram is for rainbows. Yeah, um, it's glitter. But she, you know, she called me out. She Because I said, I shared a post where I was like, I didn't want to go to church today. Like, and it was on a Tuesday. Um, and I was like, I'm just exhausted. I didn't want to get out of bed. Everything is just miserable. Like, but I went anyway, because God is good, regardless of the sins of men in his church, you know, something like this. Right. But I was just saying like, you don't have to want it. You just have to show up. And she was like, I'm so sick of people, um, you know, selling out the church for likes on social media or whatever. And I was like, so, I mean, she basically accused me of apostasy for social media followers that seems totally down your alley absolutely 100 percent what i do yeah um and the apostasy she was accusing me of was one not wanting to go to church which we are never required to want anything at all it's choices that are required and two not wanting to go on a tuesday and i wanted to be like let's tally this up how many days have you been to mass in the last three months because I mean, maybe every single day. Maybe is this maybe where you, you get all passionate, girl? See, girl, right, right. So much sass, and it's beautiful. There's so many great it. sassy saints. I love the sassy, sassy saints. I'm working on a book, and I all of a sudden I was like, do I have too many sassy saints? So I made a column in my Excel spreadsheet labeled "sass bucket," and I went through <laughs> to check and make sure that I didn't have only sass buckets because also we need to know about quiet and gentle saints. Well, that's, I mean, I, I'm okay with the sassy ones because I feel like they don't get a lot of play because as a saint, right, we have this whole concept of you're supposed right. to be sweet. And to me, it reminds me of like, of uh, the Wizard of Oz when Dorothy says, I'm Dorothy, the small and meek. And I was like, God, that would not have been the line no, I would have said you. if I was Dorothy no, and I got you. to Oz. I, yeah. Right. So I kind of like that you're champion the sass. I think that people like us think that saints are all small and meek and people who are quiet think that saints are all loud shouting on street corners is that I think true we all, yes we all Whoa. see the saints as being whatever we're incapable of because i talk to people and they're like but all of the saints are so like educated and eloquent and brave and and i'm like see and i'm over here looking at like i look at the virgin martyrs and my instinct is to see them all as being like sweet and gentle but 
but my sweet and gentle friends look at the virgin martyrs and they see them like staring into the face of death. And that's why I think it's so important to have all of those stories because then you like, you hear all of the different angles and you're like, oh, hey, there is no stereotype and there is nothing that disqualifies me from the invitation to sainthood. Like not my mental illness, not my disability, not my race, not my family background, not my divorce, not my miscarriage, like nothing. I can give you saints with every single one of those things, right? Like, because all of us are true. No, that's true. And I really, that's fascinating. I really kind of want to dig into that sometime. And uh, that would, that'd be a great poll to see, is that what we're attracted to? Are we attracted to the opposite of us in a saint? Or discouraged by the opposite of us? Because for right. me, that's what it always exactly. was. Exactly. Right. It's like, I assume this is what it is. And so I don't count. And then I met Teresa of Avila and was like, okay, there is at least one Sasbuck of female <laughs> saint. Like, uh, she's so there's, she like cracks the door. I can slide right on in there. And then I started getting to know the saints. And I was like, wow, that's actually kind of harder to find somebody who just sat there looking placid. Yeah. Well, and I was born on St. Therese of Lisieux's feast day. Mm-hmm. So I, I love her, love her. Cause who doesn't? Right. But I also struggle because I'm sorry. No, I'm not going to go clean a drawer and not tell everybody and do it, you know, while having joy in my heart. Like that's, I admire her. I think she's amazing, but I am missing but that. She gene. gets whitewashed too. Like people uh, hear I know. her and they're that's like, true. Teresa is so sweet. And she does small things with great love. And you're like, yes, that's great. But also she like wrestled with incredible spiritual darkness. She did. Right? Like that is dealt true. with it temptations to suicide which who say that on the internet people get real angry at you but like out you read it's like like part of having end-stage tuberculosis so like if you just want to write it off as being totally on her fault but it's not a sin to experience a temptation it's not and everyone's like no she never sinned and i'm like first of all that's not even true read the book not true second of all it's not a sin to experience a temptation it's not a sin to have intrusive thoughts so let me ask you uh is this your first book or do you have books already because i know you write I don't have anything published yet, um, but pandemic was very productive for me. So I've got a children's saints book coming out in um, November or December. Nice. And I don't know if you've seen any of my artwork that I've been sharing on Instagram, but it's like the cutest, most beautiful thing. And it's, it's saints around the world. So it's, um, like, we've got this map that's sort of our governing document and we've got saints spread out literally everywhere. I think we've got 15 black saints and 16 Asian saints and 10 Latino saints and three indigenous saints. And like just really, really, really being intentional about ethnic diversity, but then also diversity of abilities, uh, both physical abilities and intellectual abilities. And like talking about saints who had all kinds of different struggles. And it's just so exciting. I've been at my sister's house. And so I've been reading the stories to her kids and they're they're obsessed. Like every time I walk into a room, they're like, can we have saint stories? And I'm like, yes, we can have saint stories. And just seeing like their new best friends that Mary Claire is obsessed with blessed Marie Clementine Honorita Nangapeta. Who isn't? Right. Exactly. I have her name written on my wall. It is a girl. Yeah. Is that a girl? That was a girl. Good job. Um, Who's a I've never heard that name in my life. I have no idea. She's lovely. She is not my best friend. Okay. Um, like she's she's great like you can have saint, saints who are, are you're you're friendly with them and they're not your best right. friends and it's it's just been cool because a lot of these stories I wrote because I was like we need somebody like this or like there's a hundred hundred and one saints 
in the book and I was like we got to have some that people have heard of so like <laughs> like I'll, I'll put in some that people have heard of no I didn't ask I'm, I'm uh, but like pure Jojo for sight, there's a Joan of Arc in there, you know, Kateri, fine. Um, but like some of these stories, it was just like a geographic necessity or like a necessity because nobody's heard of any of the people in this book and they're not going to buy it. Right. And so I write the story, but it's hard for me to write a story when I don't love a saint. Uh, but it's been yeah, so yeah. exciting to see that just because I don't love them doesn't mean the story doesn't touch these kids, right? And to see some of these saints that they're like really excited about that I'm like really could do without, you know? <laughs> like, You're like, I'd be okay if they weren't in the book. <laughs> yeah, but like, but they you know, Marie, Marie Clementine, she's the only uh, African woman like from continental Africa who lived her whole life there, who's been beatified in the modern church. Well, so you gotta like, have her in the book. Exactly, right? Yeah, it's non-negotiable. <laughs> like, exactly. And, and she's choice. like, a, she's a Mariga Goretti style, which is hard oh, to tell to kids. Yes. But I was like, she has to be in the book. And so the way I phrased it was, he tried to touch her in a way she didn't like, and that is never okay. Right. And I was like, this is good because then we're Perfect. talking about boundaries. And anyway, I'm really excited about that. And then I've got an adult saints book that'll be coming out next fall. I think. Is it the same publisher? With no, different books? publishers. Different publishers. Look at you. You're like, I'm going to knock this out and there's going to be two for one and you're spreading all the love. Well, I, just... <laughs> I mean, some publishers don't like books to be really long. I only like books to be really long. So I had to pick people who would let me write long books. Who would let you do what you were going to do. So it sounds like you've enjoyed that process though. Finally getting something bound. Makes yeah, it a little it'll be exciting. It'll Not that di digital isn't fantastic, but there's something tangible about having a, a book in your yeah, hand. Well, and I think for me, it's like, I know people need these resources and I can say, go to alatea.org, search for Meg Hunter Kilmer, scroll back to 2017 till I'm blue in the face. But it's not, they're not, they're not going to do it. You well, know? they're going to forget the second E anyway. So they're going to misspell right, yeah. it. And I'll tell people a saint and they'll be like, Google this saint with my name and you'll find the article that I wrote. But it'll just be so lovely to be like, this saint is in this book. And also there are 85 others and you yeah. will love all of them. So no, that's really fair. Oh my gosh. That's so exciting though. At least you've had something that's positive to do during the mm -hmm. pandemic and that there's something to look forward to. And I think that's kind of half the battle, which I know you're facing, seeing a lot of saints deal with mental illness. And I know it's something that you talk about, like letting people know, Hey guys, it's, it's okay. Like it's okay. you're not the only ones out there. And I talk about it a lot cause I suffer with it. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's something that people need to hear. And, and I think that that's really great that it's also good for people to hear how people deal with, even who aren't suffering, quote unquote, right. how you get through really hard times or how you get through and looking forward to something and doing really hard work is really great so i'm excited yeah. about your books friend i think Me that's gonna too. be so fantastic and amazing i want to say thank you for the work that you do meg thank you for answering the questions thank you for pushing your hulk <laughs> deep down <laughs> and and for the work that you do in in the very hard spaces i feel like you are a champion for the hard spots. Like, you know, that part in the pan that just won't 
like no matter how much you scrub it, it just mm -hmm. won't go away. Mm -hmm. And you're like, hey, back off. And you like pull up your sleeves and you get like a sponge and you get in there. That's how I see you. Oh, if you want to know you. my, that is my assumption of you. I know everybody tells you what they think of you on the internet. I that is what, that. that's how I see you on the internet. Wow. That's how I see you in real life as the person that's like, no, I'm going to go there. I'm going to go to the hard spots and, and I'm going to hate work. it, but I'm going to do gonna it. Hate anyway. it. <laughs> and I'm going to hate it. That's what God told me to do. <laughs> and what I think with the question about what had to quiet down for you, I think the opposite when I was listening to you say how you embraced, you know, the scandal, I think you um, actually just turned up the voices of the people you were working for, which mm, is God's mm -hmm. people. I yeah. think that's what happened for you. It was the opposite. You heard the voices of his people and you couldn't turn a deaf ear. So you, you said yes to that. And I want to say, thank you. Thank you for going mm. into the scandal and, and, and all that. I'm just, I'm so excited. I finally got to hang out with you. I know. And hopefully I didn't ask you a dumb question. No, you were great. You were great. There are times when I like do a whole Man. podcast and I'm like, oh, wow. I only recite things that I I have said before, but Good. this is all kinds of new stuff. Great job, Liv. That's what I wanted, friend. That's Yay. what I wanted. Well, I hope to meet you in real life and mm -hmm. we will have a blast and you will teach me all the saint names I don't know. Where yes. can people find you? Um, not in a creepy way, guys. This isn't like, <laughs> we're not putting a GPS on on Meg. So. I mean, to be fair, you can just email me and say, come live at my house and I will. Um, which I love every once in a while I meet people who like geek out like I'm some kind of celebrity um, and I'm like no, no 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 like literally all it takes for me to live at your house is you dm me on twitter and say hey come live at my house and I do so like I don't feel that's like not glamorous that's we don't need to, we don't need to gape right now like it's not fancy like yeah. I'll just sit on the couch at 3 a.m eating popcorn with you because you're awake then exactly that's your up and then time. again it's seven so where so where do people go how can they connect with you so the easiest thing to do is to google hobo for christ um, and you'll find my website and then i've got all of my social media buttons over there it's meg hunter kilmer but people they're gonna mess remember up. that you know hobo names. for christ uh, hobo for christ i've got a podcast and uh, i've got a blog but i mostly forget it exists for months at a time i'm real good on instagram and um Facebook though, and I've got some stuff on Twitter too. When I don't remember how much All the I things. regret Twitter, yeah, I don't know. Not TikTok. I don't know what that is. Oh, I can't. We can't. That's seems, a whole. It just other... seems hard. I it does I'm seem not... hard. I I'm just like clever. Learned... I'm I'm funny. I'm I've got poignant things to say, but I don't know about dance moves. Man, I'm... <laughs> it's too much. I want to leave with one elevator speech. Literally, you're in an elevator to someone who isn't Catholic and they say, I don't get the whole saint thing. Give it to me. The whole saint thing. Give it to me in a-, well, they, in a What kind sentence. of not Catholic are they? I mean, are they they, they're like, I don't you're get it. Texas, Why do you worship Christian, them? Right? No, it's the same Okay, so they're stuff. Christians. It's like, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. They're okay. Christian. They're like, I don't well, get the same thing. They worship them. The whole thing that you hear all the time. So yeah. what's your elevator speech? Elevator Why the saints? Speech. Super short. We're going to yeah. end with that. Yeah. Um, look. All I want in life is to live like Jesus. All I want in life is to fall in love with Jesus. And I'm spending my life trying to imitate him. But I tell you what, like Jesus didn't have mental illness. 
right? And so if you're dealing with mental illness, to see what holiness looks like with mental illness, it shows you how to follow Jesus. To see what holiness looks like when you're struggling to breastfeed your baby, to see what holiness looks like when you're enduring racism, to see what holiness looks like when you have a physical disability or when you have a rage problem, right? Like Jesus, he didn't want to bang heads together, but St. Jerome did. And so when you look at these saints, it gives you hope that it's possible for you to live like Jesus. And they're always, as Hebrews 12, one says that they're this crowd of witnesses, which is pointing us back to Jesus, right? Surrounded by this cloud that helps us to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. So I love the saints because they show me how to live like Jesus. I love it. It's his entourage. Yes. You are lovely. I can't wait to meet you in real life. And if we ever get to do this again, would you come back? Oh, would you for hang out sure. with me? This Fantastic. Was so fun. Good. So fun. I love it. Okay, friend. Thank you. Mwah. God bless. Take care. Until next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Talk to Me with Liv Harrison, the stories behind their success. I really hope you come back because I am so excited about this podcast launching. Please make sure that you're subscribing. I would love for you to share on social media, share with your colleagues, your friends. If you could leave me a review or even a rating, especially on Apple Podcasts, I would be ever so grateful. Here's the deal. These next few weeks, as I build up an audience, it's really important for me to get those ratings and reviews and subscriptions. So please share and please do those things. I really promise that I'm going to bring you fantastic content and you're not going to want to miss my next guest. I sure know that. So until next time, I'll wait for you right here. Bye.